Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Well, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. I don't even know what to say. Do you know what to say? Well, there's always something to say, isn't there? Well, yeah, the final scores is Seattle 10, Minnesota 9. Um, yeah, does that reflect anything of the game? Well, it reflects that Seattle was affected by the cold weather in a big way. Um, the whole game you saw, <laughs> you saw Russell Wilson with the look on his face that you didn't used to see. You never really saw it, especially the last time he came to Minnesota. It was nothing but a, but a confidence. He would just run right through us, first down every single time. Completely different atmosphere. Completely. But without a doubt to me, the Vikings should have won this football game. And there's three reasons, at least, that they, <laughs> that they should have they should have won this game. Had one of three things not happened. Just one of the three things not happened. It was the, the three curses, or the three... Ah, whatever. We'll come up with something along the way, I guess. <laughs> the three dark clouds... The three deadly sins, I don't know. Ah, you get the idea. Or three lives in Super Mario Brothers. There you go. That might be about it. It's just, yeah, you get three lives when you start off Super Mario Brothers, I guess. And, well, we lost the last life at, at the flagpole in the, or at, at Bowser in World 8-4, basically, when it came to this one. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> Let's just get into it. Early on, I didn't think the Vikings were going to win the game. I picked them to win, and I can't believe I came up with a high score. What was I thinking? 31-27. to 27. Why was I saying this was going to be a high-scoring game? I should have known better. Very, very poor on my part, and I deeply apologize. So there's a fourth mistake you could say in this game. But luckily, mine did not cost them the game. I, at least I would hope not. I don't know if it jinxed them or what the deal was. But, um... Hmm. Uh... It didn't look like the Vikings were going to win the game. They looked timid. They looked kind of scared. Nothing really going on. Seattle seemed to be more confident, especially their defense. And when I saw Adrian Peterson not able to really go forward very often on his rush attempts, uh, I was not very confident at all. But luckily, the Vikings were able to take a 3 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. That was nice. That was cool. And luckily, the good news about all this is Seattle wasn't able to get anywhere. You actually saw a pass rush. And you saw drop passes, catchable passes, by the way, too, that were dropped <laughs> uh, by Lockett along the way. But though unfortunately, he made up for that, didn't he? Oh, he made up for it. He was he dropped the ball four times, or at least a couple times they were dropped, and other times they were just uh, you know throwaways. You get the idea. Throwaways, overthrows, what whatever, underthrows, uh, hurries. You know, you know how that works. You get the uh, you get the guest. You get the guest in a big way. Um, Vikings defense, utterly phenomenal the whole game, to be quite honest. Just one miscue, one, and then and then it led to another thing, another thing. We'll get to that later, I'm just bouncing around. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, though, I gotta tell you, at first I was so scared, like, oh boy, and a lot of people were scared, like, oh no, he, he's probably gonna, 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 gonna wilt and stuff in a game like this, but at the same time, he always seems to step up when it's a, when it's a big game, he, he does, um, when the Seahawks came to town earlier, you wouldn't necessarily classify it as a big game. It was like an important game, yes, but it wasn't like uh, we need to win this game type of situation, a chance for him to shine. 
he showed up to play in this one. And when he was against Arizona, he showed up to play. When he was against the New York Giants, he showed up to play. When he was against Green Bay, well, not so much. But <laughs> he's never played well against the Packers, though it's a very, very small sample size for Teddy Bridgewater against the Green Bay Packers, to be quite fair. So we'll kind of hold off on that for the time being. We'll let that continue to develop over the course of time. Pardon me. Uh, but Blair Walsh was able to get a 22-yard field goal. Well, at least he made one close one. <laughs> As obviously that's been a fear with Blair Walsh most of the season, the longer, longer range, like 40-somethings, he's pretty good at most of the time, 50-yarders, well, he can make them, and sometimes he misses, this and that, and, but then some strange reason he'll miss extra points, and it's like, what the hell, and he'll miss a 33-yarder, you know, stuff like that, stuff like that, right? <laughs> the second quarter was an emotional grind back and forth. But the good news was the whole point of the first quarter or second quarter that was good is the fact that Seattle could do absolutely nothing against the Vikings defense. And again, Russell Wilson was literally jumping up and down with a worried, painful look on his face the entire game because of the extreme cold. And the fact that Vikings defense was doing a damn good job on him. You actually saw a pass rush, like I said earlier, on uh, Russell Wilson. You saw him having to hurry. The Vikings should have had more sacks in this game than they did. I, I don't know how... This guy gets away with some of the some of the throwaways he gets. It drives me just nuts. It's so cheap. And it's not cheating. It's just cheap. You know what I mean? It's like the last half of a second, he'll get the ball out of his hands before this before he's completely wrapped up by an Everson Griffin, a Sharif Floyd, or whoever. But uh, both Griffin and Floyd were fantastic the whole game. Everson Griffin was just downright wonderful the whole way. Linval Joseph was, was better against the rush than anything else with the pass rush by the Everson Griffins and such along the way. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Daniel Hunter was in there at times. <laughs> His statistics, nothing spectacular. Only one tackle in the game. But he was in there. He was involved in it. That was the important part. Uh, overall, good pass rush by the Vikings. Good overall defense and lots of knockaways during the course of the game, which really were just a thing of beauty. Uh, even Eric Kendricks knocked the ball down a couple times. Xavier Rhodes was fantastic the whole game. He really was. He got beat at times, but then he'd come back and he'd knock the ball away. And then the uh, Seattle Seahawks would have to punt. And that was kind of the story throughout the first half and such. Um, and into the second half as well, when things changed. Uh, Vikings only led 3 nothing at the end of the half. It was uh, a good thing. Vikings actually were leading the game. I mean, it was Seattle probably had this vibe like, can they, can they score? And it, and it drove on into the third quarter. And momentum's changed and started heading further and further towards the Vikings. And our confidence was higher. The fan base was getting so excited. We're finally beating, going to beat these bastards. This, 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 this jackass of a team, the Seattle Seahawks. They like, you know, the, all the bleep they talk, all the moves they make after they make a play, everything. You just get sick of looking at it. Their uniforms are ugly. Their faces are obnoxious. Their mouths are even more obnoxious. And uh, <laughs> and not being able to sack Russell Wilson a million times in the past, and even into this game at times, <laughs> can drive you absolutely up the wall. But seeing Seattle start to make penalties, start to make mistakes, start to get frustrated, start to get even kind of cheap shoddy a little bit here and there, roughing the quarterback and such, and the Vikings, well, not scoring touchdowns, which is going to haunt us for the rest of the rest of the winter and the rest of spring and summer and all that. Yeah, it's just it's just a little while until September. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Vikings were able to add a couple of long field goals from Blair Walsh. Not long, but medium long, 43-yard, 47-yard for Blair Walsh. And then it led me to say something that, I, I, I don't know if it jinxed us or what, but it, it probably helped jinx us on Twitter. 
when I said Blair Walsh today is as ice cold as a uh, Bud Grant stare. Yeah. Hmm. Ice cold as a Bud Grant stare. Mm-hmm. Um, please forgive me. Please. I, I, I gotta say again, I apologize for that. I do. Um, not only for saying it was going to be a high-scoring game, which, again, what the hell was I thinking? What the hell was I thinking, really? It's opposite, man. This is like Steelers and Vikings in the Super Bowl many years ago or something. <laughs> or some of those other just frigid games that were low-scoring. There's so many of them out there. Um, crazy to think this was the third coldest game ever. I, I never would have thought it would get to that point, but it actually was. Yeah, the Ice Bowls, number one, and that Cincinnati-San Diego game, I had a more harsh windshield, actually, than the uh, than the um, uh, Ice Bowl in uh, Green Bay. The one in Cincinnati was even worse in, like the, in the early 80s with uh, Chris Collinsworth and such back in, I believe it was 82, and then now uh, you got the, the Vikings in Seattle. It's just, it sucks coming on the losing end of one of these, doesn't it? It really does, but it certainly did not feel like the Vikings were going to come on the losing end of this. Things going so well. Seattle, it just seemed every time they were about to do something, there was a big sack, a knockaway, uh, okay, Seattle looked like they're getting something going, and then there it was again, the pass rush, a drop pass, whatever it was, uh, having to throw the ball away, knocking the ball away, getting a guy tackled just before the first down, and they'd have to punt, and even Seattle going for it on fourth down at one point. Earlier in the game, the Vikings were able to get a big stop that helped lead to one of the field goals as well. Just a very happy time for the Vikings there. Uh, so many times though the Vikings appeared, they would at least get a field goal and they wanted up hunting. That's where the frustration would come in. But my frustration overall, before we head into that fourth quarter, <laughs> dare I even go there, right, is um, it seemed like the Vikings were too focused on the run today. and it, Too focused on the run. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't working. Quite simple. It wasn't working, to be to be honest. Um, Seattle's got the top pass rush in the NFL. Or, yeah, excuse me. Rushing defense in the NFL. Their pass rush is pretty high, too, I've got to say. But their rushing defense is the best in the league. Best in all of football. And it showed. And Adrian Peterson, it just doesn't seem like he's ever the type that seems to break loose against a rush defense that's at the top. Some guys manage to break loose once in a while against it. But Adrian, as great as he is... It seems like it's just not his thing, I guess. He doesn't seem to break loose against a, a defense like this. And others, during the course of the season, that were elite rush defenses, he would struggle. And it's frustrating to watch. Uh, the Vikings should have elected to pass, I think, more often than they did. Only 24 attempts from Bridgewater. That's not that low. And again, 17 of 24 during the course of the game, about 71%. Very sharp in the game. It's a crying shame that nothing was able to be converted into a touchdown. Not a single drive was converted into a touchdown in this one. <sighs> but the Vikings leading 9 nothing. Seattle looking and feeling like, I don't think we're ever going to score. And the frustration was really starting to set in, and that was a really good sign. The Vikings have this. But how many times have we seen this from Seattle? How many times does some just stupid miracle-type crap happen with the Seattle Seahawks? The reasons to hate football. The reasons to hate the Seahawks. Are, are, are mounting up right now as we head into this fourth quarter. I mean, I hate this team so much because of what they, because of what the crap that they get away with, <laughs> the lucky bounces, this and that, and just for some strange reason, the mental lapses on of the opponents, like the Packers last year in the NFC title game, the Vikings during the course of this one here. It's kind of similar to it, but again, a much lower scoring game. It wasn't raining and, and 
and warm like it was in uh, Seattle last year for uh, the Packers. Again, I wasn't cheering for the Packers. It's just annoying to watch Seattle <laughs> get away with the crap they do. <sighs> Boy, it's like you just knew. You just you just knew. Um, Seattle was starting to drive. They get to the 50-yard line. And then, oh my God, something went wrong again for the Seahawks. This is it right here. This is going to be the nail in the coffin, man. We're going to get a fumble recovery. Maybe <laughs> maybe actually finally score a touchdown. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something, huh? Wouldn't it be something? Yeah. Yeah, make it 16 to nothing. This game would be just about over at that point, but against Seattle, you never know. But just saying, I think their confidence level would be pretty much zero at that point. Um, a high snap, almost hit Russell Wilson in the nose, just like the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the failed fourth down for the punter earlier, where he, uh, I don't know if he broke his nose, but he at least damaged it, landed on his fist when he was tackled. That was great. A botched snap to the punter earlier, which I should have mentioned. I do apologize. That was early on when... <laughs> The Vikings get one of their field goals. In fact, their first one way back at the in the first quarter. But <laughs> stuff like that. Things just kept going wrong for the Seahawks. And then, well, Josh Robinson, I, I don't know what you're doing. What the hell was he thinking about? I, I can't understand it. You know, Russell Wilson was the only guy near that ball. So at least just get the sack here and wrap things up or force him to throw the ball away. Like, But that's on the defensive line. Let them do their job. Josh Robinson just left locket open, and I mean wide open for no reason, and all Russell Wilson had to do was toss it to him. Just toss it. Just a, just a, just a quaint little game of catch. Didn't have to throw a bullet. Didn't have to thread the needle. Didn't have to do nothing. Didn't have to throw it in the bread basket. Nothing. Just a simple little toss because Josh Robinson was, I don't know, <laughs> Is it the Viking curse? What is it? But there it is. There's deadly sin number one. We'll call it the three deadly sins because there's no, there isn't seven in this game. Well, I'm sure there were, but you get the idea. These were the most deadly of all. The first deadly sin and the first loss of Super Mario life here. There it is. Well, there it is. That's the first loss of life for Super Mario right here, if the Vikings are Mario. So now we're down to two. Down to two, right? Yeah, because then uh, immediately after that, like clockwork, Seattle fumble at the 20-yard line would make another first down, and then ultimately Doug Baldwin, shock of the decade, pass to Doug Baldwin, open enough, touchdown Seattle, 9-7 game, whole different ball game with quite a few minutes left, quite a few minutes remaining in the game, 11:37. in fact, 11:37. Vikings get the ball back, okay, everything will be fine. Everything's fine. Let's just calm down. A couple of nice little passes to Adrian Peterson. Man, this looks pretty good. <laughs> a couple little passes to Adrian. Everything's fine. We're actually He's actually catching the ball. That's ironic. First down in the first one. Pass to Adrian Peterson. Wow, he crossed that first down line. But the ball's in the air. The ball is wide open, just flying up in the air. And Seattle recovered. Loss of life number two. Yay. Isn't that just great? And it's like, you, you just, you can't believe what you're watching here. You, you, you can't believe what you just saw. Like the Teddy Bridgewater left-hand hook shot or whatever the heck it was, floater he threw to the Green Bay Packers last week. But that's kind of what that type of fumble was. Like, I couldn't believe he left the ball up in the air like that. But then again, you can believe it because that's Adrian. Rushing champion, this and that. Okay, the run wasn't working, so let's pass it to him. Funny. Funny what happens. It's just miraculously now, 
that now that he's actually able to get in a, in a tiny bit of open field, make a move or two, he gets a little bit too fancy and a little bit too careless, and the ball's up in the air and floating. Seattle has it back. <laughs> Just moments later, they get into field goal range. They get close enough. Luckily, the Vikings' defense was outstanding. You know, and they get so much props for what they did the whole game. Outstanding defense. But Hushka, <laughs> Hushka, Hushka, I, I just love that name. <laughs> Steven Hushka nailed that 46-yarder like he was just, you know, like he's nothing. And in just a matter of about three minutes or, or four minutes, it was a 9 nothing game to a 10-9 game. Vikings couldn't do anything on the, on the on the next drive. Scared me to death. I was almost in tears. Yale yeah, got the ball back with about five minutes remaining. Vikings defense just absolutely awesome, beautiful. Beautiful defense. Shut down Seattle. They couldn't do anything. We get the ball back one more time. The ball's pinned way back on the on the 10, or was it the 11? Something like that. And it's like, great. <laughs> but there's still a chance. There's still a chance. And the Vikings put together a drive that, that uh, you know, would it make Joe Montana blush? Maybe not Not quite that good, but it was, it was up there. It was pretty good. It was pretty impressive, to be honest. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater was sharp again. And he finally was able to add some numbers to his to his list. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to watch. Happy times indeed. But the Vikings also got some breaks along the way. Chancellor was flagged for a uh, Chancellor was flagged for a pass interference on Pruitt on a fairly deep pass. Gave the Vikings unbelievably good field position. It was the second uh, pass interference call in the game. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Vikings only got a field goal earlier on. And, of course, one of the stops along the way, Trey Waynes was able to get an interception, and he was just so fantastic the whole game because I was getting ahead of myself here. Uh, multiple pass deflections by Trey Waynes again, frustrating Russell Wilson. What a nice playoff debut for Trey Waynes and Teddy Bridgewater, to be quite honest. Both of them just were fantastic in this one. But uh, Trey Waynes again, multiple pass deflections, and then the interception, Russell Wilson kept the Vikings ahead at the time, but then of course all that crap happened later. <laughs> Very frustrating indeed. The Vikings though again that uh, pass interference on Pruitt, against Pruitt. <laughs> Vikings get better field position. Next play the Vikings might be getting a little bit of that Seattle magic. <laughs> Completion to Rudolph breaks a tackle, keeps going keeps going, keeps going. Wow oh my god, we're, getting, we're in field goal range already. So you start running the ball a little bit, make Seattle burn their timeouts, bring the clock down, bring the clock down some more. And you can only get it down to 26 before you're forced to call a timeout because there's only so much time left on the play clock. Do I have to get into it? Do I have to? Do do I have to talk about it? A 27-yard field goal attempt? Well, there was a bright sun and the wind was at his face. But it was a field goal. But it was a 27-yarder, you know. And he's made game winners in the past. That's Blair Walsh, of course. He's made three field goals in the game. He, he even made a 22-yarder in the game. So maybe he's okay up close. You know, there's nothing to the sun in the eyes and, and, and wind or anything. And you know, maybe he's maybe he's going to be just fine. You know, he's inconsistent. Sometimes he misses ones that make you go, "What the hell just happened here?" But he won't do that now. This is this is a biggest kick of his life to so far until hopefully we get further into the Arizona and maybe NFC Championship game and such. He can, then then it's an even bigger kick for his career and his future. Do I have to? I mean, 
you know, you just know the rest. It wasn't even close. Some people want to blame which side of the hash marks. It's all Adrian's fault in that thing, in, in that sense. It was on the left hash instead of the right hash. Well, he kicked it as if it was on the right hash. <laughs> it looked like he was kicking it because from the from the right hash. That's basically how he kicked it. It would have been perfect, sure. It would have been perfect, pretty much, if it was from the right hash. It would have been good enough anyway. But it was from the left hash. Was it a mental block? Was it the laces out? Do we really have to bring in Ray Finkel here for the ace from Ace Ventura? Do we really have to bring that up? <laughs> do we have to bring all that up? Do we, do we have to? I guess we do for a couple months. <laughs> I just it just leaves you right there but there it is loss of life number three and of course game over unbelievable huh I just <laughs> that's what it, there it is I mean again was there much more to say at this point not a whole lot not a whole lot more to say I, I can't believe it. I mean, despite the horrible mistakes along the way, despite that miracle situation that took place because Josh Robinson left his man, left him wide open, the Vikings still would have survived and won this football game. If only Blair Walsh could have made a 27-yard chip shot. Despite Adrian Peterson's fumble at the Seattle 40, after getting a nice, aggressive first down, looked like we were going to drive that. It looked like it was going to be a very impressive drive, and we are going to put these bastards on ice once and for all. But it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> wasn't meant to be in that case, but it's okay. The Vikings defense, you know, Trey Wayne's interception, all that good stuff. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Nice pass rush. Griffin, Street Floyd, all those, all that. We'll be just fine. All that horrible things that happened. We'll be just fine because Bridgewater's got this, we're, and the, and the referees were certainly not against us in this game, and that, that was nice, <laughs> very nice. I bet a lot of people expected they would be. No, I mean we got we we got the calls we wanted in this game. We did. <sighs> I mean you could easily blame Josh Robinson, Adrian Peterson, or Blair Walls for this loss easily because each and every one of them was as important as the other. Absolutely. I, I almost think the Josh Robinson one was the most egregious of all because that changed the momentum of the entire game. But then Adrian fumbling again. It's like the old curse again. Do we really have to bring up 2009 again for the 9 billionth time? Do we have to see it happen live, though? It's one thing to talk about 2009. It's another to see it reacted again, reenacted again, you know, and it's against another hated opponent. To see it happen once again was just absolutely <laughs> mind-numbing. But then we survived all of that and still just could not <laughs> make a 27-yard field goal. That leaves me, at this point, a question. Do we, do we, I mean, do you want to keep Blair Walsh? Do you want him back on this roster next year? Do you want him back on the roster next year? That's the thing. Um, that's the biggest question of all. I've been doing this show for eight and a half years. This is the 209th episode of Purple Mafia. My educated opinion, regardless of how clutch he was during the course of the game, it's like I have a hard time bringing a guy like that back in the future if you want to play in a much bigger playoff game down the line. What if he has to make something 42 yards away or another chip shot in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl? 
Do you really want another Scott Norwood on your hands? Do you really want that? Because how many Super Bowls have the Buffalo Bills won since Scott Norwood missed that field goal? Oh, they made it back to the Super Bowl three more times, but got their asses handed to them all three times. In fact, especially the third one. That was a joke. But really, all three of them were just bad games. Lousy. I don't want to be that team. I want to be (laughs) at least what Seattle is with a championship. Sure, they lost one, but they won one. Maybe they'll win again. I would really love to be San Francisco, win four in a row, <laughs> no problem. Not four literally in a row, but all four of the Super Bowls they made it to, they won them all. Wouldn't you rather be a team like that? Or <laughs> or just anything, just get one. Just get the first Super Bowl, that's what matters most, and then go from there, hope for the best. I guess a team like Seattle is what we're hoping to become. Uh, according to Brent Jacobson, a lot of Seattle fans seem to see uh, similarities between the Vikings a few years back, or excuse me, the Seahawks a few years back, and uh, hopefully, the uh, and and this current Vikings team, right now, similar to the Seahawks a couple years back. Hopefully, the Vikings continue to progress the direction the Seattle Seahawks went. That's the hope. The best news out of all of this, regardless if Blair Walsh returns to the Minnesota Vikings or not, <laughs> he is a competent kicker. But is he a competent kicker in the clutch moment of of, of all? Is he somebody you can count on to not make a mistake on an easy one? Seriously. Because he's, he's done it before, and he's done it. He's, he's hit game winners. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it, but at the same time, it won't kill me if they do bring him back. And I certainly don't want anybody to die over this either. <laughs> it's pretty sad. You know, no, I mean, you could never say that. That's up to Ray Finkel saying, die, Dan, die. That, but luckily, that was just a movie. Then again, who knows? There are really people like that out there. So let's pass out the Fran Tarkington and Christian Ponder Memorial for this one. I am going to give the Fran Tarkington Award. Boy, it's a tough one. (laughs) It's really tough because, you know, it's like the whole defense. You could give it to the weather, too, because it changed the whole game. And all of you out there that were complaining about the weather, and yeah, I'm not trying to rip on you, Sebastian, everything. Yes, it was uncomfortable as hell. Even just walking to your car in a parking lot was extremely uncomfortable and, and bitter cold. Yes, I understand and I feel you. It's not easy. But look at what it almost had us. In fact, it did It did win the game for us. It did. It's, it didn't make Blair Walsh miss the field goal. We won that football game other than that. Or Adrian fumbled or this or that. That weather kept Seattle to 10 points despite the miracle lucky plays they were able to get in the game <laughs> and lucky bounces and such. Kept Seattle to only 10 points. The weather changed Seattle's entire momentum for the most part. <laughs> for the most part, with the exception of a couple of lucky bounces, a la classic Seattle. So the weather, in a way, is like the Fred Tarkenton Award. It's an honorary award winner. As for a true player on this uh, in this one, mm, uh, it's definitely got to be, uh, you know... Everson Griffin, <laughs> uh, Everson Griffin, Hendricks was great. I mean, I can't give it to one guy. I I really can't give it to one guy. They were just unbelievable the whole game. Uh, even Greenway, Xavier Rose was just unbelievable. Multiple pass deflections. Trey Waynes really changed things as well with those interceptions, pass deflections. What a nice start for the rookie Trey Waynes, who barely got any playing time in this one. Um, just beautiful. Christian Ponder Memorial, it's got to go to all three of them because it's all three lives. You know, you can't blame it on just Blair Walsh. Um, if one guy I think should deserve it over everybody else by a small margin, I think it's Adrian Peterson because you're the leading running back, leading rusher in the league. 
he generated virtually no momentum in the running game the entire way, and then the same old BS fumble. So Adrian Peterson will officially get the Christian Potter Memorial with the honorary, you know, like honorable mentions to Blair Walsh, who absolutely does deserve it for missing an easiest kick of his life. <laughs> and of course, Josh Robinson, where the hell were you there? Stupid idiot. Idiot. But it's got to go to Adrian but a slight margin. It's not a heavy margin, it's a slight, because, quite frankly, Adrian Peterson is more important, <laughs> ultimately. And plus the flag, Blair Walsh made all three of the field goals and gave us the nine points. If you can't get in the bleeping end zone, at least Blair Walsh gave us something. Uh, Adrian couldn't get in the end zone. What if Adrian broke a tackle and got in the end zone on that final play of the game? You would have never been screaming at Blair Walsh. You would have been jumping up and down. Maybe if Blair missed the extra point, you'd have chuckled a little bit and said, come on, man, get your ass in, get, get your ass in gear. But whatever, we would have won the football game. <laughs> there you go. Stuff like that. Josh Robinson, well, we were still leading at the point, but again, you can't make a play like that. That's the kind of play that can get you cut or benched at the bare minimum. So, on a heavy honorable mentions to Robinson and Blair Walsh, but the winner will be Adrian Peterson for the Christian Ponder Memorial. The winner, or well, as we like to say, the loser. So with that, a very long, emotional first segment. I gave you what I could. I probably missed some things. In fact, there's no way I didn't, because there's so many details in a game like this. So much emotion. So many things that you might be like, hey, why aren't you bringing this up, that up? I can't get to everything. Unless you want this to be a six-hour show, I, I can't. This isn't the Intellivisionaries podcast. <laughs> uh, that's an Intellivision podcast out there. Um, it's six hours because all the different different segments of the show, my goodness, it's big, and interviews and such. Wow. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, wow. Uh, Paul Nerman and Celebrated is... 48th birthday, 49th birthday recently. That's the host and creator of that show. But yeah, kind of just a slightly off topic. Thought I'd just give a random shout out to him, even though he hates that word. I don't think he's listening, but yeah. Um, what a game, huh? What a game. Game for the ages. Nice. Uh, thank God for the cold weather. But the same old curses haunt us. But the, the positive thing of all this is the fact that this team clearly, clearly is... Not going to go away. The Vikings are not going to go away. And that's why the Seattle Seahawks fans said what they did. And you'll hear more about that in the third segment, the fan interaction. Let's talk about the other rounds in the uh, in the postseason. Some some drama, some boring football, some dramatic football, and some just, um, just some more obliteration and disappointment along the way, too. We know what that one is. We'll be back right after this. on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Let's look at the rest of the postseason, I suppose. we got three other games to look at here. Let's start with Kansas City and Houston. Well, <laughs> I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the uh, Houston Texans, and they took care of business 30 to nothing. Um, Houston made the playoffs. They won their division 9-7. and seven. They looked like uh, a team that wasn't really serious for the most part. It was low scoring early on, continued to kind of build up, and the Kansas City Chiefs just uh, look awfully sharp. Uh, Alex Smith only one touchdown, one interception, but a sharp overall game. It's kind of like Alex Smith, I guess. That's just Alex Smith being Alex Smith, I suppose. Kansas City Chiefs defense, really solid against a, a fairly talented Houston offense. Not the best, though. I mean, Brian Hoyer did not have a good game at all. Four interceptions, 
just stupid looking passes, 34 attempts, <laughs> quarterback rating of 15.9, even lost a fumble, so five turnovers overall for Brian Hoyer. I liked him with Cleveland. Uh, bad game, man. I mean, really bad game, 44%. Kansas City just made him look terrible. And the Chiefs are a decent team. Travis Kels and Jeremy Macklin leading the way, but Kels much more so. Eight catches, 128 yards. Chris Conley had a nine-yard touchdown along the way. Um, you could just see the frustration on the uh, Houston Texans' faces. They're just like, okay, what the hell? And Kansas City finally ends their playoff drought since 93, so it's over. We can say they got their first, uh, their most recent postseason win was 2015. So there you go, 2015 season, but 2016 officially good game for the Chiefs. I'm going to keep that one pretty brief. I mean, it just Houston didn't even show up to play in that one. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to win. And they were up for a while. They were up for a long time. Nine to, <laughs> they even got it to a, well, tw- uh, 15 to nothing late. I remember it was nine nothing after, well, three field goals. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. It sounds familiar, all right. I don't, I shouldn't even go back to that. And then Roethlisberger was able to make it 15 nothing, uh, completing a drive to, uh, to Bryant, and then even a uh, two-point attempt, but that failed. 15 to fifteen to nothing, they were trying to make it 17 nothing to have a more of a round score, and ended up being a wacky 15 score, because you're going to see some weird scores the rest of the way here. <laughs> and then Cincinnati finally got their butts in gear, started playing way better in that fourth quarter, made uh, the Cincinnati Bengals fans believe they're finally going to win this thing. Really good run, scoring... What oh, ended up being two touchdowns and a field goal in the middle of that. So a field goal sandwich in between two touchdowns. It was, a, it was a field goal sandwich, whatever the heck. I don't even know what to call it. But a really nice uh, effort by the Cincinnati Bengals. And then things got stupid. Things got very stupid. The penalties started to take over. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, just an undisciplined team along the way. Uh, Adam Pacman Jones bumping the ref, getting a big, big penalty along the way. But the big one was Vontaz perfect. My, <laughs> he was not perfect on this play at all. Quite honestly, the Steelers. It was going to be an incomplete pass. It, it was an incomplete pass, and the Steelers would have been out of field goal range. It, it would have been probably most likely over for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But perfect decided to lay the smackdown on Antonio Brown. I mean, uh, why, man? He just was on a collision course, nearly broke Antonio Brown's neck. The collision, concussion, neck injury, either way, just a careless, stupid penalty. Next thing you know, Cincinnati allows Pittsburgh to be in field goal range, and what happens? Yeah, it happened. Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris Boswell, able to nail a 35-yarder in the closing seconds, and Pittsburgh, unlike Minnesota, freaking dang it, uh, wins the game. And the Cincinnati Bengals fans, which were very similar to Minnesota, were left in tears. I mean, they're their playoff drought was going to end. It was going to end, and I was going to be I was going to be very happy for them. You know, even though it's like, okay, uh, I'll be wrong here. I won't have another undefeated postseason. <laughs> but well, I was off to an undefeated start, I guess, because of because of Burfecht made a stupid play, and along the way, Pittsburgh was clutch enough. Uh, ben Roethlisberger left the game as well during uh, with with a shoulder injury that's kind of been ongoing during the course of the season. He's just been having huge troubles. He's, he's, he's always exiting the game because of shoulder injuries. It's kind of a sham, but he's good enough. He's hanging in there. Um, we'll talk about what's going to happen very shortly with Pittsburgh next week when they head to uh, Denver. But um, Cincinnati didn't even have the starting quarterback. They still almost won the game. Crazy. Uh, Roethlisberger ultimately good, good numbers. 92 quarterback rating, 229 
yards. Certainly not the high completion percentage, though. <laughs> Only 58% attempted 31 passes. McCarron attempted 41 passes. His completion percentage is 56, and a costly interception and fumble lost along the way. That doesn't help, and that helped the Steelers kind of take the lead in the first half of the game, or first three quarters or so. Cincinnati finally got things going in the fourth with McCarron and such. It was like, man, they were going to escape and maybe get Andy Dalton back. No, it's over. Cincinnati's done. Heartbreaker for them. They know how we feel here. They're still waiting for their first Super Bowl as well. And then we'll wrap up the review segment with just to, just to wrap up a, one of the worst sports days in Minnesota history. It opened up with the Vikings and that nonsense, followed very quickly by the Timberwolves who played well early against Dallas, then gave up a huge lead, and then made a, kind of a comeback in the fourth quarter, still didn't finish the job, and then the... the <laughs> And then this happens, Green Bay, Washington, 35-18. And then, of course, the Wild couldn't finish the job against the New Jersey Devils either. 2-1 to loss, a horrible day. Uh, oh, by the way, Gopher Basketball threw in another blowout loss. They're probably the worst Gopher Basketball team since, at minimum, the Dan Munson days. Maybe even worse. I mean, awful. Um, Washington started out the way I thought they would. They started out very solid. I wasn't expecting a safety or anything, but hey. Well, Redskins will take it. Then they had a field goal. Goes from 2 nothing to 5 nothing, then 11 nothing. Kirk Cousins leading the way early in that second quarter. Washington up 11 nothing. All is right. All is looking good. And then next thing you know, Washington starts having some defensive lapses. And Green Bay just takes over the football game. Washington then makes another <laughs> good drive in the third quarter to make it 18-17. And then it's just all Green Bay from there. It's like, good night. And it wasn't even a competition after that. I mean, the Packers looked like the Packers again. They looked like the old Packers. Um, Rodgers, certainly not dominant in the game, but good enough. He was at least as good as he was in uh, TCF Bank Stadium when they when they played very well here about a month or so ago. Not so our absolute cigarette. About six weeks ago now. It's been a while. Eddie Lacy also was outstanding in the game. I can't believe I'm saying that. I couldn't believe the Redskins couldn't tackle the guy. Missed tackles. He was, went for a 30-yard run embarrassing starts at a 22-yarder. The Redskins, at the end of the day, their tackling was just terrible. Just absolutely terrible, and that's what definitely helped cost the game. But again, the fact uh, Aaron Rodgers was significantly more sharp. It's almost like the, the the Packers lost to us on purpose, but then again, no, they didn't. The Vikings were legitimately playing good football. It's like you wonder, though. <laughs> you wonder sometimes, because it... I guess Washington was a more winnable effort, but Seattle almost lost to the Vikings anyway. Just imagine, and that makes the Vikings look awfully, awfully damn good. Crazy when you consider 81,367 people were in attendance in that game. Wow. Wow. They love their Redskins there in Washington. Plus, there's a lot of people living there as well. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, Redskins and Green Bay, not, not, not what a lot of us wanted. I love those maroon uniforms. (laughs) <laughs> They're very cool. They look like the Gophers, but actually a little better. I like those way more than their white uniforms. I got sick of looking at them. The, the Redskins, for the longest time, didn't wear their, their maroon colors, but they look good to, today, or yesterday, whatever. And unfortunately, Green Bay was Green Bay again, 35-18. It's going to be interesting to see how they fare next week, but, mm-hmm, but, but, <laughs> shall we jump into it? Let's just jump right into the reviews, shall we? I'll do it in the order that they will be played. Uh, I wanted to do it that way. No, let's not and say we did, all right? <laughs> let's not and say we did. They're all important, by the way. Let's start with Kansas City, New England. The Chiefs are better than I expected. Um, I don't. I still don't think they're going to beat the New England Patriots in, uh, in, in Gillette Stadium, though. I don't think so. And this is the first game 
Saturday, 435. I think the New England Patriots are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the farthest the Chiefs will have gotten since 97 when they had the first round by 13-3 and record with Steve Bono as a quarterback. We all knew that wasn't going to last. Um, it just wasn't going to last. They ended up losing the game to Jim Harbaugh and company. Pretty crazy. Um, Harbaugh and all of them went on a nice run. Or was it 96? I can't remember. That was 95. Ah, it was a long time ago. Regardless, uh, one of those years was with uh, Gerbach and then Bono. Damn it. Gerbach, Gerbach, Gerbach. I'm going crazy. That was to the Denver Broncos. Pardon me. They, they went to the second round because of their good record, but then the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They were automatically in the second round with the first round bye. Pardon me. So that was the story with the Chiefs. Uh, Elway and co. were on, on their way to their first Super Bowl championship. It was very nice. They took care of the Chiefs decently in that one on the road. Gerbach just wasn't good enough, and the Chiefs should have left Rich Gannon in that game. I'm sure to this day, to this day, there are fans that still think about that and regret that. Horrible decision by... Uh, was it Marty Schottenheimer at the time? Horrible decision. Mm. That's why he doesn't win playoff games. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but uh, this is not Marty Schottenheimer. It's Andy Reid, who also has a good regular season record. He's he's decent in the postseason. He's better than Schottenheimer, but he doesn't win. He doesn't get to. He doesn't win the Super Bowl. Basically, he, he's he's kind of like a, he's kind of like John Fox. Like he's better than Dennis Green and Schottenheimer. Those are the worst ever. Great uh, regular season, terrible postseason. Like John Fox, where he'll get far, but he won't win at all. That type of thing. That's Andy Reid. Um, I do think the Patriots, though, who have a pretty good clue about how to win it all, I think they're going to go to their like their eighth consecutive AFC Championship game or something. I mean, it's just unbelievable how many... Or not eighth consecutive, but their eighth AFC Championship game. Just unbelievable. It will be their eighth, not consecutive. I'm on drugs here. Pardon me, <laughs> but uh, it'll be it'll be they'll, they'll be back in there again. Their mainstays in that game. I mean, they've they've been there so many freaking times. It's unbelievable. Oh my god, <laughs> Patriots are something else, aren't they? Mm. And they'll have a legitimate chance to win their seventh AFC championship. Um, my, that team is something else. It's actually been even more than that. I, I can't believe how good the Patriots have been over the course of time. Um, their ninth AFC Championship game. Just unbelievable. And it'll be their seventh uh, victory if they indeed do get there. Could you imagine that? It's just crazy if they indeed do get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Patriots, I just think they're going to be too good. I think they're, they're still a better team than the Chiefs. Tom Brady's still sharp. Um, they're healthy enough. I mean, they, they have injuries here and there. They've had offensive linemen hurt, which is... Not good. Um, that's not a good thing. But, I mean, so do the Chiefs. They have injuries and such, too. Though not to, like, main guys, I guess you could say. <sighs> Ultimately, um, <coughs> pardon me. I do think the Patriots win the game with the experience and the pedigree and all that. It, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, if you've been watching this team over the course of many years, you know what they're capable of, and again, it's not like Gronk is out, it's not like Brady's out, it's, you know, they've had li- linemen get hurt, but they're back playing right now, that's good news for the Patriots, I think they're going to get the job done, I'll go with the final score of 31 to 31 to 21, I'm going to pick the Patriots, i got to have a score for, oh no, this is the first one, what am I talking about, 31-21, I think the Patriots are, be- are the best team right now in the AFC, 31 to 21, Patriots will beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs will look good early, but the Patriots will pull away. That's basically how I'm looking at it. Um, 
Miami and uh, New York Jets are not in the playoffs. Those are the two teams that I think could beat the, the Patriots. But I don't think it'll happen this time. Let's stay in the AFC. Might as well. Pittsburgh at Denver. Pittsburgh at Denver. The only thing I think that could uh, derail the Pittsburgh Steelers is Ben Roethlisberger's shoulder. Otherwise, I think the Steelers are going to upset the Denver Broncos. Uh, Semi-upset, you could say. The Steelers are the Seattle Seahawks of the NFC, without a doubt. Doesn't mean I think the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl, but doesn't mean the Steelers are either. (laughs) But Denver, to me, is not, you know... Again, Gerald out there, <laughs> Gerald's ring. <laughs> this is not hate on Denver. It's not. I, I just am not confident in this club right now. They have overcome a lot of things this season. But Peyton Manning is starting quarterback against the Steelers. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if he gets the job done, good for him. You know, good for him. Right now, though, I, you know, the Steelers didn't look good against, uh, they really didn't look good against Cincinnati, did they? And Denver does have a good defense and running game. I'd been all over Pittsburgh for the longest time. I'm going to change my mind. You know, I'm actually changing my mind on the fly here. I've been on Pittsburgh since, I don't know. But, you know, you're, this might be a mistake here. But, hey, I'm not going to go undefeated anymore because Minnesota and Washington both failed me in the NFC. So, hell with that. What the hell? I'm going to go with the Broncos. I'm literally changing my mind on the fly. So, do pardon me for that if I sound kind of silly, if it's not really that black and white radio. Well, it's black and white now because I am going to pick the Steelers because, or the Steelers, the Broncos. Their defense, I think, is going to be too much for Pittsburgh. I think Denver's offense is better than Cincinnati's. Um, Cincinnati mustered 18 points against the Steelers. I, I, I just. Well, with that, with a, without a starting quarterback, and of course, Dalton isn't exactly clutch, but he's better than uh, McCarron. Um, don't be surprised to see Osweiler in the game at some point. It's probably going to be a fairly close one early, but I think the Broncos, the Broncos will pull away in this one. So there you go, Gerald. I think their defense is going to be too much. Ben Roethlisberger will make things interesting early, but as much as I don't trust Peyton Manning in his, well, his, his age, his health, this and that, I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger right now with his health. His statistics have been good most of the season, but they're not as dominant as last year or earlier this season. He's been on the down spiral, and when you got a shoulder injury that just continues to rear its ugly head time and time again, I don't think the Steelers are going to win the game, Not the more I come back to it. Denver's got a better defense than the Cincinnati Bengals, and Cincinnati has a good defense, but not as good as Denver's. Denver's got a better running game, too. I mean, Hillman is a stud. He's an absolute stud. He just flies right through people. He's powerful, and he's quick. Denver Broncos are going to win the game, in my opinion, 28 to 21. 28-21. So you get 21 again. Ah, that's creative. But it's that's what the Steelers are going to get. 20, 28 to 21. The, the uh, Broncos will pull it off. They'll win the game over the Steelers. There'll be a nice drive late in the game, lead to a touchdown, and the Steelers will not be able to finish the job against the Denver defense. So Broncos, Patriots, AFC Championship game. Mmm. Ugh, that'll be different. That'll be different, but hey, if the Steelers win, I think <laughs> I think that's a definite door to the uh, Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. Not that I don't think they uh, well, you get the idea. I just gotta stop foreshadowing here. Seattle, Carolina, Seattle, Carolina, a rematch of last year. The teams are in different positions this time around. Though Seattle isn't exactly seven and nine, but <laughs> Vikings beat the beat the s out of the Steeler, uh, the Seahawks. They beat the crap out of the Seahawks during the course of the game. Will Marshawn Lynch be there, or will he get fined? That's the question. Is he going to be there, or is he going to get fined? Regardless, 
Michael was okay against the uh, the Vikings. He was okay, and that's about it. Marshawn Lunch <laughs> and his abdomen abdominal issue. It's all a crapshoot, but at the end of the day, I think the Panthers right now are better than the Seahawks. Um, they're kind of like the Seattle Seahawks last year, I would say. I think the Carolina Panthers will beat the Seattle Seahawks. I, I think the Vikings exposed enough of them. It's not going to be freezing cold, though, in Carolina. Oh, it's certainly not. But the Carolina Panthers are a strong team. They're the most likely team, I think, out of the buys to get upset. I thought it was Denver, but, you know, I've got a feeling about Denver that they are going to beat Pittsburgh now because Pittsburgh looks pretty vulnerable, and that's why I stuck with Denver. But Carolina, I think, again, I think they're a significantly better team than the Seahawks, so I think they'll make it to the NFC Championship game for the third time in franchise history. Uh, They went way back against the uh, Cowboys. Or is it the fourth time already? It's been a... eh, I think it's the third. They went against the Cowboys way back in uh, 95... They beat the, uh, no, they went against the, yeah, yeah, it was the Cowboys. Um, they went also against the, hmm, I can't even remember. I'm all mixed up. <laughs> but they went against the Patriots in 04, and then here they are now. So we'll leave it as uh, as such. Um, my memory's all going ably ape, right now. But uh, it, because it's not super relevant at this point how many times they went there. <laughs> Ultimately, but uh, the Carolina Panthers, I think, are going to beat the uh, Seattle Seahawks in a low-scoring game. It's going to be um, along the lines of 21. See, there's the number again, but this time it'll be the winner. 21-17. Carolina Panthers will have a kind of a little bit of a battle with the Seahawks. You'll see a lot of sacks. You'll see frustration. You'll see penalties. You'll see mistakes on both clubs along the way, but the Panthers will win the day at the end. They're just a little bit better than the Seahawks right now, and the Seahawks' uh, NFC Championship runs will be ended. They will not get to the NFC Championship game, and they will absolutely not get to the Super Bowl, in my humble opinion. 21-17, Carolina just a little bit better. Cam Newton, again, home game, all that good stuff. Cam Newton's been on such a run. He's one of the MVPs of the league right now. The, the Panthers' defense is unbelievable, and they've just, they just know how to win football games right now. They're on a run. They'll get to the NFC Championship game. That's where they're going to get. <laughs> Arizona will host the Green Bay Packers. Not a good matchup for the Packers. Not a good matchup. But it will be better than last time, unfortunately. <laughs> I think the uh, Arizona Cardinals are going to win this one. But again, it's going to be very close. This is going to be a very, very high-scoring game, I think. Believe it or not, even though the Arizona defense is good, I think the Packers will score. Not very high scoring, but it'll be very it'll be higher for the Packers in a in a sense. Arizona's offense is elite, though. I think they're going to score points in those Packers. The Packers again, they always have the big play defensive players, but at the end of the day, teams can score against the against Green Bay. Maybe not Teddy Bridgewater now, but in in time they will. Arizona has played very well against the Packers. And their defense is really good, obviously. It really sucks that Tyron Matthew is out. But it seems like they didn't really lose a beat against them. They lost the game, the final game of the regular season to Seattle. And I'm confused by it, other than Arizona was trying not to get hurt, I suppose. And Seattle is just on a run of epic proportions, trying to make absolute damn sure they were in the playoffs. And continuing what they're capable of and proving to Arizona, hey, we hate you and we're going to come and get you later on. I don't think Seattle will ever see Arizona. If they do, I'm a little bit, tiny bit worried about for Arizona in that case, but maybe not. If they can get past Carolina, boy, all things get interesting. But again, I have Carolina winning that one. I'm going to go with Arizona in this one. They're going to score 38 points again. They're going to be outstanding in the game. 
Uh, I, I think Carson Palmer is one of the MVP candidates out there. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's definitely been on a renaissance of a season. The Packers' run's going to end. They're not going to be as good as they were against Washington. The Redskins were just not up for the challenge. They just weren't. The Arizona Cardinals will be up for the challenge. This is Bruce Arians' chance to finally have a healthy team in the postseason, and they're going to kick their butts. They're going to get it done, and they're going to beat the Packers pretty good. 38-24. Arizona will win the game. Green Bay's going to score a bit. They're going to make it interesting, and Arizona will pull away in the fourth quarter, and maybe even the third but by, by about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, you're going to probably have a pretty comfortable feeling at who's going to win the game and move to the NFC Championship game for the second time in their history. The Arizona Cardinals will make it to the NFC Championship game for the second time in their history. We know they're 1-0 in that game, and that's going to help their chances, I think. No, not really. It doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> but the Arizona Cardinals are a team that I feel very highly of. It's just too bad, again, about Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger's injury out for the season, but they have been, they have, they have managed to fill that role nicely during the, during the last couple of weeks. So that's the hope right now for the Arizona Cardinals that their, that their past events will not suffer too much. That is definitely the hope on that side of things. So there it is. Uh, I was about to start predicting the next round, but no, I can't do that. I can't predict the next round. Let's let this round go through first. I was almost going to do that. I apologize. So right now I have Carolina hosting the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Championship game and Denver hosting the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. As for that, you can probably get get an idea where I'm going. You can probably get an idea. I left about a million hints in there where I'm going for the Super Bowl, but we'll just let that head where it does after next week. Because what if what if neither one of them survives the weekend? You never know. <laughs> so we'll leave that alone. We'll get to it when it's time. We're going to come back for Fan Interaction. We'll lead off with another call from the Brent Jacobson. Yeah, messages for Purple Mafia. Hey, Joey, Brent here. Finally sawing out from that game today. Impressions. Heartbreaking loss. But it's unlike 2009, 1998, hell, even 2012. This team is built for long-term success. Yes, I know. We would like to have won that game. So I'm okay, as both a Cubs and Vikings fan, I'm used to heartbreak and being so close yet so far away. Much like the Cubs in 2016, the Vikings in 2016 are going to be a dangerous team. Get rid of Patterson, in some more young talent in here, maybe, maybe, he, um, changing the guard at the running back position. Ooh, did I say that? It, it has nothing to do with just the fumbles. It's how big of a hit his salary is going to be this next year. They can upgrade a guard, get some, another wide receiver or two in here, and, Let's play. 
talking to a couple Seahawks fans after the game, one of them said, dang, I'd hate to play you guys next year. You're going to be dangerous. Another fan said, Teddy this year reminds me a lot of Wilson in his second season. You know, I like the sound of that. Yes, I know. We all would have liked to have won that game. But seriously, Viking fans, don't threaten Blair Walsh's life over a stupid football game. Seriously, people. Seriously. You don't threaten to kill someone or wish death on in a player for missing a kick. That's Raider fan-like. That's like, that's idiot fan. Not purple fan. Anyways, before I blow your whole voicemail system out of whack here, catch you later, Joey. Skull Vikes, on to 2016. Catch you later. Wow, that was a spectacular call, Brent. I really, really appreciate that. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty much... Yeah, I'm going to give you a gold star right now so I don't forget. So later on, I'll be passing out silver and bronze star, maybe multiple later on. And this is nothing against all the people that uh, commented on there. They did a great job uh, as well. But that was fantastic. And you took the words out of my mouth in a lot of ways. Uh, Yeah, the good news is this team is built for the long term. The long term this time around. And we're finally not trying to hit the home run, the Grand Slam home run type of thing. Every You know, trying to get the Herschel Walkers, the Brett Fars, the Randall Cunninghams. This and that, um, we you know we finally build for the long term through the draft and occasional free agent here and there. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's not like trying to center your whole franchise around some miracle trade or miracle free agent. This time the Vikings are built for the long term on the defensive line, the linebackers, the quarterback, the receivers, Stephon Diggs, uh, Everson Griffin, Tariq Floyd, Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, <laughs> Eric Hendricks. Man, and, and, you know, and don't be surprised to see the Vikings hopefully get an, well, at least one more significant linebacker along the way via the draft, one more defensive lineman. But now, I got to think the uh, the draft has got to shift highly to that offensive line because if you get a good offensive line, the Minnesota Vikings are Super Bowl contenders. They absolutely are because Teddy Bridgewater is going to get better, and with a good offensive line, you know for a fact that Teddy Bridgewater will get better. You would have never seen Christian Ponder play anything the way Teddy Bridgewater did yesterday. And that is really, really good news, ultimately. The one other position that might be in question a bit, and it's the, the, the impressive way you wrapped up the call there, too, by why in the hell would you threaten Blair Walsh's life? I agree completely. Um, it is a football game. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't uh, have any type of malpractice, you know, or anything like that. He, he, he wasn't a, a, a vehicular homicide or anything like that. <laughs> it wasn't any type of negligent type of thing. It was negligent. It was a negligent miss of a field goal. Um, it shows that something isn't completely right with him mentally in, a, in, in that type of moment. And that's dashed my confidence in him quite a bit, to be honest with you. Long term, in a playoff game, at home or on the road. Certainly at home already, but on the road it might be even tougher. So his long term future with the Vikings to me is clouded. I'm. It's not clear as in like... Yes, you got to keep him. It's clouded, as in I don't know. You really got it. You really want to keep him? Is he really the right kicker for this team? And I don't know. 
drafting a kicker isn't always a good thing. Sometimes it's just, you're just better off getting, getting a free agent kicker, it seems like. They're always out there. And, of course, the Vikings signed Ryan Longwell, who I would have had a hell of a lot more confidence in in that situation than, um, than this guy. But <laughs> for the longest time, though, it seemed like he was a long-term core uh, kicker for, for a while, for like his first two years or so. And then, like, last year he started to miss a lot. But then this year it was like, wow, what the hell is up with this guy? And then he'd have some hot streaks and some nice moments, and then, then, and then this. After finishing fairly strong this year with a couple of weird, like, little gaps here and there on extra points, then this happens. What the hell? I, you know, what the hell? Mm. So that's the thing. Yeah, you can't threaten his life or anything. Thank you, Brent, for that call. Really got me going. And the listeners, I'm sure, appreciated it very much. I'm going to give you a gold star right now in case, uh, yeah, I think I already just said that. But yeah, I'm going to give you a gold star right now just in case so uh, so I don't forget later on. <laughs> and um, because my mind tends to wander with all this information in front of me. So silvers and bronzes will be passed out later on. So there you go. <laughs> Time to head to that Facebook page. First of all, to get to the Facebook page, simply type in Purple Mafia Show, Minnesota Vikings Show, in the search bar on Facebook, and there you go. Just get there and click on the big like button in the upper left-hand area. I wouldn't, I, I won't quite say corner, but it's the upper left-hand area of the page. So let's get started into the, uh, well, I'm going to kind of start at the bottom of the in-game posts. So this may take a little while, but, you know, we just got to interact with people here. Mark Carlson right after the field goal saying, because, yeah, obviously it's already after the game. It's like kind of in the heat of the moment here. Let's get some emotion. Mark Carlson out of Iowa saying, I am going to die. And that was after I said WTF, but, yeah, I was just not happy at all. Um, Just want to thank so many of you, though, for your comments and stuff during the course of the game and after the game. So much fun. So I just want to give you all a huge, huge hand. You're all gold stars in my book, and I mean that sincerely. I'm not being Mr. Cliché. Brett McCarthy saying, oh, my God. (laughs) Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, saying it wasn't even close. And Tony Coleman with a very interesting comment here, saying, turns out, because I do remember, he says, turns out I was right about Walsh. I've been saying all season about how he's crap and needs to go. People defended him to me all season. True, the only points in this game are his, but his inconsistency shows when it counts. I said at the beginning of the season, and I say again, time for a new kicker. I can't argue with you. I can't. I can't defend Blair Walsh for that kick. I I, I can't. You know, (laughs) Mark Carlson says this is a big disappointment. Tony continuing saying Seattle didn't so much win the game as Minnesota lost it. Absolutely. Minnesota won that football game. And Seattle, uh, yeah, Minnesota won that game and we gave it away. Seattle was able to get it because we gift wrapped it to them. Mark Carlson saying star comment. I agree. Tony Coleman is going to be one of the stars of the show. Uh, Brent Jacobson has been given the gold, but that doesn't mean there won't be a cold gold, we'll just say, but we'll see. I, I gotta, it's kind of, again, uh, kind of a go with the flow thing. I kind of run on the fly with the stars because there's so many comments. Dave Hickey saying he can make five, uh, you know, excuse me, 50 plus field goals all year, but misses, but, but, but all his misses were short. Yeah. You know what he's kind of reminding me of? You know what we should call Blair Walsh, Happy Gilmore, you know, he's Happy Gilmore, right? He can blast that that you know when he's at the when he's at the, the the driving range, just blast that ball, that golf ball way out there. But when it's time to putt, oh blankety blank 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 blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's Blair Walsh. He's Happy Gilmore. We might as well call him Happy Blair or Happy Walsh. Ah, whatever. Let's go, <laughs> Gerald String, last year's Gold Star winner for the entire season. 
And a strong candidate for a at least one of the three stars for this year says, <laughs> not that none of you aren't, I'll just say, but, but Gerald is way up there. Uh, he says, well, here we go again. Copyright Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I, I threw that part in. Uh, he says, well, there you go again. <laughs> Probably only Walsh feels worse than me. Dave Hickey says they very well might be looking for a new place to cure next year after Zimmer's reaction after the game. As much as I want to blame Walsh for this game, you can't. AP did nothing again but cost us points and momentum. Wallace, a complete joke all year. He is gone next year, too, and CP better be gone, too. Sandejo missed a pick. Yeah, it was a gimme. And I didn't even get to that because it's just so much emotion. There were so many things, and I knew I'd, like, during the breaks and during even, it's like, ah, how do I not even get to this and get to that? Um, just so much emotion, so I get distracted, which is not cool. Um, Sandejo missed a pick. Captain whiffed on Wilson, yep. And it's like, yeah, Captain Munnerlin, and I was talking about Josh Robinson. I got confused, was it Robinson or Munnerlin? But it was ultimately Munnerlin. But Robinson had to do with the confusion as well. It's just a big miss there. Um, you know, on the second life loss, the final life, of course, was Walsh. <clears throat> and I'm, <laughs> yeah, let's just go from there. Uh, touchdown, um, Wilton Wilson, the touchdown drive was a huge play in the game. In fact, that was the, you could say that was the tone setter for the rest of the way for the fourth quarter in the Seattle Sea. Uh, Hawks, chickens, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I said field goals were not going to win this game. And, well, yeah, I wanted to be wrong, but no. The only thing now that will brighten my day, especially when I've got to work all night, is a Green Bay loss. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I wanted to end the soundbite there, but you know what? I've added enough here. I should, I'm probably wearing you out with that, even though I enjoyed the hell out of it. Mark Carlson wrapping up this small section, saying, Yes, I will feel a bit better when the cheese turds get thoroughly trounced. You know, I really thought Washington was going to be ready for that game. and Whatever, you know. Sunday was a crappy day. Sunday was a really awful, awful day. Awful. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this. I should mention this. I had fun. See, I was playing... I have the game legitimate. See, I have... I've been collecting... And I've always been a retro video game guy, but I collected the Intellivision and ColecoVision during the course of the summer. Because I just went on a little binge, like not too expensive. I just like, you know, I've always wanted both of them, and I got them, finally. Because <laughs> I got reasonable prices, rather than like a hundred bucks, whatever, I got them cheaper. So I have the real frog bog for Intellivision, for some of you that might be old enough to remember Intellivision. And I also have it on the Intellivision flashback. Um, I couldn't think of anything for Christmas, so I figured, what the hell, why not an Intellivision flashback? So I got, so I was able to get one for Christmas, even though it's not that expensive. It's just, it's just something to give rap and say, cool, it's fun, and you feel young again. Well, I played Frog Bog, long story longer, right before the game, and there's a purple frog and a white frog. The purple frog is the Vikings, the white frog is, well, Seattle, and the purple frog won 225 to 35. You know, the cold weather was strong enough, the Vikings might as well have won by that much, but... Damn it, you know, that was my prediction. I guess we're going to win. We're in good shape. And Mark Carlson says, ha ha, okay, that's one way to make a prediction. <laughs> I wonder, Mark, did you ever play the Intellivision or the ColecoVision? Did you? Those are so fun, man. <laughs> yeah, oh man, it's it's fun. You know, it's the in-between age between the Atari and the uh, NES. Kind of the in-between age a lot of people forget about because it was right before the video game crash. All right, off topic, but fun. Fun, 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 right? This is going to be a little bit here. Eee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just remind, I was able to remind myself by looking at that. I'm going to kind of bounce around here very, very quickly here. I was able to 
get a star from Jeff Froyland. I'll read it in a second. Here we go as it'll eventually load. Um, I'll start with the whole Seahawks thing here. Hopefully you're not getting any noise from the audio. Apologize for this. Uh, Justin Mayer Henry starts off things saying, Ugh, hurts so much to be bleeped over by a gimme kick again. And yeah, I actually opened things up by saying Scott Norwood strikes again. What a jerk. Walsh is done. Done. And for those of you wondering who Ken Norwood is, well, that might not be old enough. The 1990 Super Bowl, you know, took place in January 91. Giants-Bills, who won the football game? The Giants. Who should have won the football game? Buffalo. Buffalo, <laughs> but Ken, uh, Ken, I keep calling him Ken, I'm, I got Ken Norton on the mind, but Scott Norwood missed a gimme, a 21-yarder that would have won the game for the Buffalo Bills, that would have been Super Bowl champions, and who knows how different history would have been had that kick gone through, but of course he was immediately cut the next day, and Steve Christie was drafted in the first round, I've never heard of that, a kicker drafted in the first round, oh well that'll get you a Super Bowl championship, won't it Buffalo, there you go, there's the final piece, well, no. They, they got back, but they didn't win. Um, they needed more than that, I guess. I, uh, <laughs> that was unfortunate. But yeah, I came to the conclusion it is Jeff Froyland because it says Jeff F79. He uh, Five stars is his best Vikings podcast out there. I've listened to them all. And this is by far the best. Joey's a true fan. And thank you so much, Jeff. I really, really appreciate that. He uh, The uh, headline of the review is Skull. So I really appreciate that so much. And guys, please... If you can, if you have time and you have an iTunes account or even a Stitcher account, you can do that. Write a review about Purple Mafia. Nice nice and positive. Tell me what you like about it. And Even if you want something improved, go ahead. You don't have to give me five stars. You can give me four, even three. It's better than uh, two or one. <laughs> Yankee says, says Gary Anderson reborn. Uh-huh. And yes, Gary Anderson has been a theme, as has been uh, Ray Finn. Uh, is it? Yeah, I keep going. Yeah, Finkel on uh, Ace Ventura, the whole die, yeah, and die, Miami Dolphins 84. Too bad that Super Bowl wasn't that close. It was more like the Buffalo Bills, not the Miami Dolphins, but I suppose being in Miami is a lot more fun than Buffalo, New York to shoot a movie. I, I guess, huh? So they had to kind of change the history a little bit because the 84 Dolphins made the Super Bowl, but they got their asses handed to them. <laughs> Gerald String, who probably remembers the Intellivision, says, Yeah, I know, I'm 49. And that was after I said I hate the history of this franchise. It's haunted since haunted us since day one. Yeah. You know, maybe we need Zach Bagans of Ghost Adventures to come over and, uh, I don't know, communicate with the, the haunting over here in Minnesota with the freaking Vikings history. Anyhow, Gerald says, Yeah, I know, I'm 49, and I've been a Viking fan since, who knows, four or five years old. So we're talking that yeah, all the way. He says, I remember getting on the bus after Oakland embarrassed us back in 1977. Yep, that was the bad one. I remember that like it was yesterday. I was 11 years old and the high school kids giving me a bad time. It's been like that forever. Just sucks to lose this way. It does, and it has been like that forever. See, that was the kind of game where, uh, well... The Vikings had a good opening drive, and there was a fumble at the goal line to open things out, and it's just like, bleep this, turned it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was Ronald Reagan time. Here we go, or there you go again. You know, there was no tearing down the wall in, in, in that case. Damn. <laughs> okay, uh, Brett McCarthy said, we had these guys, Walsh, I don't know what to say. Jeff Froyland, who is a star candidate after posting that, thank you very much. Still a great season, NFC North champs, yep, keeping it positive there, yeah. And something to build on. Justin Mayer Henry says, a gem here. Well, let's say it together. There's always next year. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't say it anymore. I got five likes for that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Where's the 50,000 likes? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. 
Uh, we all get our likes and our dislikes allowed. There's no such thing as a dislike, though. There should be. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, speechless kicker, oh, kicker O-lineman in the draft. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe not the kicker, but O-line, absolutely offensive line. And please take the right ones this time. Maybe you have to draft him in the sixth round. I, I, I guess. It seems like taking him high in the draft doesn't get us anywhere. Kind of like it was that way with cornerbacks for the for like the freaking all time until until uh, uh, Xavier Rhodes in his second season and very late in his first season started showing signs. Second season looked really good, and then this year most of the time, guard uh, snake bit by penalties. Yes, Sebastian, he was snake bit by penalties. Had a couple of had a couple of gas, got beat, but every cornerback gets beat because. Because, uh, you know, this isn't hockey. You're not going to get a shutout. <laughs> you know? So, whatever. Even goalies get beat, too. The best goalies in the world get their asses handed to them once in a while. Jan Mullins, another gem here, saying, and Jan Mullins might be new to the page. Uh, maybe he joined a long time ago, but posting for the first time says, Trade AP. Continuing. Uh, oh, no, that was the only time he posted there. Yeah, that's a... That's an option. It is. And we'll talk about that more as we get further into the winter. I'm going to probably do more of these. I'm probably not going to just go into a freaking, uh, uh, what's the word? I'm probably not going to go dormant in the winter like I did in the past. I'll try to have some off-season free agency type stuff more than I did in the past. Um, but I can't guarantee, like, very often. Uh, Josh Mayerney says, one blown play on defense and a missed chip shot field goal story of the game. Dave Hickey says, agreed Captain, uh, agreed Captain M. AP's fumble, that's Captain Munderland, AP's fumble and Walsh's kick was just the icing on Seahawks' cake. Yankee says, then again, AP did give them three points off his fumble. Yep, Walsh was just easier to blame because he had the last opportunity to score, but still it's a 27-yard field goal, shaking my head. Yes, um, yeah, everybody's to blame. It's just, unfortunately, Walsh was like, he was like the last life in Super Mario Brothers. It's like, here we go, you just gotta jump this tiny little pit to get to the flag, but you foul. You fell. It was either World 8, uh, well, any of them. Um, World 8-2 a, is a pretty annoying, and 8-1, there's like these tiny little pits you got to keep jumping over to get to the flagpole. It's like you get to the last pit and you fall. You've got to be kidding, Blair. And then it's game over. Now you got to start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dave Vicky says, I'm sick. This, su- this, uh, this just sucks. I hate being so negative during the game. But the end result is why? We why we lose every time. It's hard to, to not be negative when this is always how it plays out. The Hawkeyes and the Vikings always come up short. And don't forget the Gophers too, but <laughs> Gophers, though, yeah, whatever. They play in a big game when, and whenever they do, they get beat by like 21. I don't even want to get started on Gopher anything right now. Even Gopher hockey sucks right now. They suck. Gopher basketball doesn't even exist. But anyhow, Gerald says, yeah, I know it sucks. It just sucks. Uh, when we lose this way, I don't even give a crap about the rest of the season, including the Super Bowl. I don't even want to watch, though we were better. We were the better team today, which is the hardest part. But don't forget, you got Denver and New England out there, uh, Gerald. So yeah, maybe that'll be the AFC Championship game. We could have our little uh, cute little rivalry started for that one. <laughs> Odds are they are going to match up in that game, in my opinion. But yeah, anything's going to happen. Watch it'll be Pittsburgh and. Uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, for all we know. That'll be very interesting if it's those two. Uh, Justin Mayer Henry says, love this fun stat. This team is cursed. Let's see, what is it? And SportsCenter says before, yep. Uh, missing potential, game-winning kick from 27 yards out. Minnesota Vikings, Blair Walsh, yep, was 33 of 34 in his career from inside 30 yards. So he's not quite happy, Gilmore. He just turned out to be in that moment. 
That's the thing. That's why I don't trust you about Blair Walsh. If you can't make it when you need it, damn, you know. I hope it's a one-time thing because if he's back on this team, we, we ultimately as fans have no control over what the Vikings do as much as frustration as it is. So Blair, if you're back, please. <laughs> just just make the kick next time, okay? Because the next because there will be a next time. If he's if he's back on this team, we will be back in the playoffs next year and there will be a time that he's gonna need to make a kick. Winner, you know, for you know do do or die type of kick. Gerald String simply with wow. Yeah. Yeah? I mean bull crap, right? Brent, Brent Jacobson says lace is out. Justin Mayer Henry responding to him said he made other kicks in this game from greater distances with the laces in as well. He just crumbled in crunch time. He was channeling his inner Anderson. And boy, is Gary Anderson getting a lot of references today, isn't he? Whew. Along with Finkel of Ace Ventura. Laces out, Dan. <laughs> Mark also says I need a long walk on the cold air, in the cold air. My thoughts are very negative. And you know, it's really nice to go out in the cold, actually. I, so, went out this morning nice and cold. I, I enjoy it. Uh, he says, and that's not fair. The Viking D was the star of the day. Kept heavy pressure on Seattle. We were going to win. One kick to victory. One Mr. Defeat. Skull Mark from Iowa. And here's the thing. See, it's the timing of the mistake. Because, like, what if Adrian Peterson fumbled on the final drive of the game? Like, like say, where it's a Kyle Rudolph type of thing. What if he fumbled when he ran the ball right before the kick. See, we'd all be mad at Peterson today. That's the thing. It's, it's the timing. The errors all suck, and they're all damning, and they're terrible. But yeah, you get the, we get the idea there. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi saying, it hurts to say, but we choked. Missed kick, Avery fumbled, Teddy not seeing a wide-open digs. Munnerlin going in for a kill shot on Wilson. Yeah, that was stupid. Instead of just tackling him for a 20-yard loss. Okay, so it was a combination of things. Yeah, that's the thing. It was Munderland's move, but also Robinson leaving his guy. Yeah, see, it's multiple, all of them. I guess I was blaming Robinson more for leaving his guy. And Munderland, yeah, when he could have just tackled the son of a biscuit. I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah, pretty pretty dumb, wasn't it? Um, just multiple mistakes on that play. It was just, mm, it was a too many men on the field type of mistake. It really was, because it set things up for what was to come. Uh, Cheryl's giving up a field position on the punt. Uh-huh, no adjustments to blocking. Bennett staying on the... To blocking Bennett, staying in our backfield all game. Josh Robinson, yep, leaving Lockett alone. That's the one that pissed me off the most because he could have just knocked the ball down, damn it. Because um, I, I, Russell Wilson was so far behind the um, behind the line of scrimmage, there's almost no way he would have scrambled for a first down anyway. Uh, that's why I'm more mad at uh, Robinson for leaving Lockett, yeah. Uh, he says, it's not popular, but the pressure got the best of us on a better note. On a better note, we are going to be really good next, uh, soon. Good, really, really good, really soon. Sorry. I'm still shocked and disappointed. Continuing with uh, Cedric Paulding. Leland saying, long drive home. He's also from Iowa. Potential was there, but the reality is we are just a few vital positions away from greatness. Hope for agency and retirement don't kill this team. And it, and it won't. Um, the defense was great. Teddy was very smart. AP had slippery fingers as per usual. Yeah, same old story, right? Walsh was Walsh, miss when it counts. Lastly, I think it can be a great start to a franchise that could last. We shall see. Skull. I agree 100% with you, Leland. Jerry Hicks out of the St. Louis area saying, can't believe we ended another season like this. It was great. They got to this point. 11-5 and five is a good record. NFC North champs team played great football today, but we lost the game and we should have won in the playoffs again. And in heartbreak fashion again, and I mean, see, on the trying, on the trying to keep positive side, 
once we do win, it will be all that much sweeter. And yes, yeah, so the Vikings, if and when the Vikings win a Super Bowl, it'll be, yeah, it will be the most unbelievable feeling ever. Leland continuing, saying, all right now, that, all right now that my brain is, has thawed, I just want to give a few insights on the game. So apparently Leland was there, even though from Iowa, but then the long drive home. Uh, he says the weather was ungodly yesterday. When the wind picked up, it burned the skin. So he was definitely there. Uh, but our hearts warmed up, Percy Bud Grant, on a freaking polo, <laughs> in a freaking polo for the coin toss. These men faced adversity and almost won. Were we outplayed? Hell no. We controlled the game defensively. Only huge yards was on a muffed play. Yep. That might be a voice texting. <laughs> I'm not sure of the stats, but it seemed we had the ball a lot more. Oh, and we did a lot more, especially early on. Uh, the way we lost broke our hearts. As I stated above, I hope this unit can stay and become a multi, a multiple-year franchise. And in final, I just want to say thanks to all who join us on Facebook, making this this seem special and a joy for another wonderful year of podcasting. School Vikings, Lee from Iowa. Thank you very much, Lee. God bless you. Thank you very much. He should be a star candidate. Brent Jacobson, a gold star guy. Um, pretty much. This is pretty much a summary of his call. I would say. Uh, yeah, this is exactly a sum up of his call. So he probably got the urge to call about the same time. But yeah. You can still check it out and read it. I believe that that's it, though. That's the end of the comments. So there you go. Uh-huh. And then I said, update. The show is almost done and will be released tomorrow. I'll check visitor posts real quick. Leland was posting what uh, Nate Burleson said about uh, Blair Walsh. I'll come back to that in a second. Oh, yeah. Then there was Beast Mode's not going to play. Uh, Tanae Brown was posted all the times where... Uh, Teams won the division championship. You see Detroit only twice. Yep, and I, these are all the years I remember, all the way back to 91. So it's cool that I remember every one of these years. Tampa Bay got it in 99. They were still in our division that year. Those sons of guns. Oh, I hate that team. Then it's Buccaneers when they were. <laughs> Packers, Vikings, Bears, baby. And a little bit of Detroit in the early 90s there. 90, 91, or excuse me, 91 and 93. Of course, 90 most likely went to the Bears. In fact, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, it did. The Bears were like legends in this division back in the day. In 92, who could forget? 94, Warren Moon. 98, wow, to think it was that long from Warren Moon. And then, yeah, and then up to Cunningham and, and the boys in 98. And then you get 2000 with Culpepper. Culpepper never won a division again. I think we had to wait till 08 with Gus Farratt and Tavares Jackson, mostly Gus Farratt. 09 with Favre, blah, blah, blah. And then 15, all this time later with Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. He's already got a division championship on his belt. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Leland would say, yep, free hand warmers and coffee for fans at the, at the game. Yep, that was pretty cool that they did that for him. And I was saying it's a it's a nice gesture. Leland said, yes, sounds like it's going to be needed. They also suggest us to bring styrofoam to stand on. Isn't that crazy? I suppose, though. And, yep, uh, no beast mode on Sunday. Yep, I remember we were posting about that. Windchill advisory from Leland there. Insane weather on the way. Tony Coleman, yep, below zero. Temperatures crack. Vikings horn, yep, the Vikings horn got cracked. Cause you didn't hear it anymore, did you? Yikes. Uh, Nate Burleson, I'll read this very, very, very quickly. Nate Burleson, former Viking, former Seattle Seahawk, says to Blair Walsh, I know today seems like a dark day in your athletic career, but you will bounce back after, <laughs> but you will bounce back better and stronger from this brother. (laughs) 
You have kicked game winners before and will make game winners in the future. And not to mention, you were a huge part of why the Vikes were in the game with three field goals, so hold your head high. Now to all the so-called fans who have taken to social media to put him down, curse out, and threaten him and his family. Please take a long, hard look in the mirror if y'all had your mistakes on a grand display for the world to see. Would you want thousands of people tearing you down with harsh words and threats? No. (laughs) We have to be a bit more sensitive to one another in the moments in which we fail if we can't lean on each other to encourage us through the dark times then we are lost as a society. Trust me, there is nobody that feels worse than Blair Walsh right now. So let's try to rebuild instead of destroy. Or try to build instead of destroy. Alright, alright. I can definitely respect that. Um, People have a right to be mad, sure. And I'm sure Blair Walsh knows that. Of course he does. Blair Walsh is mad. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's pissed off. He's like, man, I should have made that. We should be going to the next round. I should not have missed that crap. This pisses me off. And I'm, you know, and at the end of the day, of course, other people screwed up, and they deserve blame too, big time. Defensive laps, yeah, we went over it already. Game over, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, to the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Let's just keep rolling here. Um, how did he say? Mm, um, Mad Martin, Dave Martin was saying short passing could be the key. Just eating the clock would help big time, and that was a huge thing with the Vikings throughout the day. Here we go. This is where I wanted to start, because I can't read all the in-game stuff. It's so long. Um, Dave's saying, and it's Scotland and everything, and it was a fun conversation back and forth. Just love Dave Martin. Uh, he says, so why is Zimmer not in co- conversation for Coach of the Year? What he's done in just two years. I think he should be the Coach of the Year, frankly, or at least way up there. Maybe, maybe not Coach of the maybe not exactly. Uh, Rivera or, or uh, Bruce Arians, I think, should be in it, and I think Zimmer should be in it. I think those three should be candidates at the bare minimum to get it. It'll you know, Either Bruce Arians or uh, Rivera would probably get it, though, out of Carolina with that 15-1 record that nobody saw coming. Let's keep moving a bit. Um, I already read that. It's funny how I went there. Yep, uh, Matt Martin said he was feeling good about this, but Narv is a... Has to find a way to deal with Bennett. Yep. Uh, I'd like to move up a bit rather than have the so much in-game stuff. Hmm. Okay, where was it? Uh, yep, Mad Martin is saying shades of that bleeping Saints game causes the trip to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, yep, Mad Martin is saying time for Teddy to step up. That was that play there. Yep. He wanted a touchdown. Dallas Dyson Bakker like that a lot. Sam Gupta said... Yep, oh, I was saying, what was I saying that he was agreeing with? I was saying, work so hard, all, yep, all game for some cheap bleep like that, so lame. And then Sam Gupta saying, totally agree, but you can never count the Seahawks out. Remember how they dismantled the Packers last year? And yes, they always miraculously come up with cheap last second crap. Yep, yeah, it's like I get in a bad mood and I hate, I hate the way Seattle always seems to miraculously come up with some miracles crap, you know, some Hail Mary some random thing, and it always happens, but then they tried to go for it, they tried to go for a trick play against the Patriots, and it finally caught them, and embarrassed them, and the, on the biggest stage of all, so, Sam, Sam was saying, I hear you, but the Vikes can still take them, oh, that was back then, that was the, after the fumble, uh, Sam was saying again, again, man, awesome job creating a community of Viking fans, I have no Vikes fans near me, so you and others get me by. And thank you very much, Sam. I really appreciate you. hope you have been enjoying the show during the course of time. Because, yeah, he's been around a while, actually, Sam. Uh, he says, time flies, but you do a great job. We all appreciate the time and energy you put into it. And thank you so much. Yeah, and it's been over eight years. 
Uh, says, by the way, I think number 31 is going to solve this for us. That at the running back position, Mad Martin saying, I second that. And number 31 being uh, McKinnon at the time. Uh, okay, we got through that. Yep, Mad Martin wanted that last drive of victory, and, and it was there. Anthony Carlson saying, what a terrible way to end a great season. Laces out. Everybody knows that. Mad Sam, Mad Mar- Dave saying, Dave out of Scotland saying, screw AP and that bloody kicker. Don't believe we lost. That missed a 27-yard field goal. Really, he's done. I feel sick to the stomach. Sam was saying, ouch, but Walsh has been money in the past. Leave it to the sea chickens to pull this out, but they are vulnerable. Yep, and that's what I was saying. Seattle lost this game. It's not. It's just not fair. Not fair at all. Blair Walsh needs to be cut tomorrow morning. And I simply responded to Sam. You can't count on him. I mean, I was in the moment right there. Pissed off. Do you blame me? <laughs> and at the same time, I mean, I don't blame anybody if they say cut Walsh. I hope I'm not banging on the microphone here. I apologize. Damn, this thing is kind of, just not enough space around here. <laughs> D. Fry says, I hate the Seahawks. Agreed, I hate the Seahawks. Tanae was saying, was just watching the updates at work, thought we had it. Yeah, yeah. Tanae out of uh, Seattle. D. Fry's from Chicago. Mad Martin getting near wrapping things up, saying, we are all hurting right now, but a solid season. Zimmer has put the heart back in this team. They battled their arses off. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Malcolm out of California says, there's nothing worse than dominating a game but losing it. Yes, sir. Malcolm again saying, why are the Vikings always on the wrong side of history? Hopefully that changes soon, and I can only second that a thousand times. And then there were follows and likes and all that. And thank you very much. Andre and I had a conversation as well. We went to school together. We even watched the Vikings and Rams in the 99, um, 1999 uh, divisional round game. Vikings were doing well. And then the second half was a buzzkill, literally like PA would call it. <laughs> yeah, kickoff return touchdown and then it was just all rams after that it was so frustrating and me and andre had a point like in case he's listening there was a there was a part where we were kind of chuckling as the rams kept scoring touchdowns and what if jeff george and chris carter just stood up and started clapping for the rams like whatever our defense sucks so bad whatever might as well applaud you guys this offense being so amazing <laughs> oh boy so well gold star brent jacobson silver star two everywhere. Tony Coleman's going to get the silver star today, for sure. I mean, just awesome comments back and forth. Um, Leland's going to get a bronze. Jeff Froyland's going to get a bronze. Yep, um, for sure. Jeff Froyland's at least going to get a bronze. Just thank you so much for the, uh, you know, I'm going to, yeah. Jeff Jeff should get a silver. I mean, you know, when you get a, uh, give me a five-star rating, it's so valuable to this show. I I just thank you so much. Leland, just lots of awesome things to say. Sam Gupta, I'm going to give two, yeah, I'm just going to be real generous because it's such a big, so many comments and such a big moment here. Uh, such a big show as well. Gold Star Brent. Um, uh, Jeff Froyland and Leland Silver. And Sam Gupta. And well, where was I going? Oh my God, I had them all. <laughs> Sam Gupta gets a, a bronze for sure. And um, where was I going? Uh, okay, that's what it was. Tony and Jeff. Yep, Tony and Jeff Silver. I'm going crazy. Tony and Jeff Silver, Leland and Sam Bronze. There we go. I, I knew I had it. I knew I had it. So, I enjoyed this cold weather. I thought there was a, a purpose behind it. It was absolutely <laughs> a wonderful... It was absolutely a wonderful like help to the Vikings during the course of the game. It shut down a Seattle team that, would, that otherwise would have ran over us the way they did in the past. And wonderful adjustments by Mike Zimmer to change the game plan. 
over the course of things here. The Vikings were able to get a pass rush against this team. It was so amazing to see. It was so such a pleasure to see a nice pass rush on Russell Wilson. It made us all believe here that this team does have a future in this league, and they can beat just about anybody when the time comes. The future for this team truly is 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 bright. It, it is. Um, I'm truly saddened with the fact that <laughs> I, I know I'm in the minority, but the fact that outdoor football is going to be gone already so quickly when we finally got that home field advantage from the old days back again. The home field advantage that helped the Vikings make it to four Super Bowls. Yes, it was painful. It was. It's harsh. It's 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 unbelievable uh, conditions to be outside and watch a football game. But it helped. It helped a lot, and it helped many years ago, and it helped today. It it never changes. Um, unfortunately, it seems like the road team sometimes pulled it off, though. I don't, but the Giants are used to cold weather, so that's an exception. Seattle, not really. I mean, they're used to that fog and, and mud crap that we had in December that the Seattle Seahawks rolled on us all over the place. But ultimately, the heartbreak, the pain that this franchise has, has been through is just unbelievable. So many years dating all the way back to 1969. Then you have, of course, 1975 with a push-off from Drew Pearson. <laughs> the liquor bottle in the face to the referee. The frustration. No call. Unbelievable. Why is Dallas getting a touchdown? Clearly the best team in football was the Vikings that year. And with a, a far inferior Denver Broncos team waiting for the Vikings in the AFC, there's no doubt that team would have been Super Bowl champions and we would have had at least one ring on our side. We would have never heard how the Vikings have never lost, never won a Super Bowl. The 75 Vikings would have won. You, you open things up with a fumble after a great drive in 76. Yeah. Um, 87, the drop by Nelson. A team far better than its record because of the whole strike and the replacement players and all that crap. The Vikings were really bad with the replacement group during the strike of 87. A wonderful team trying to carry the momentum that the 87 Twins brought to this town. The Vikings were jumping on board and they were going to be a, they were going to be the second team to win a championship in just a couple months. Just how amazing was that? It was unbelievable. But it wasn't meant to be. Another heartbreaking loss. Another gut punch to this team. That would have to wait 11 years to get back to the NFC Championship game. A 15-1 record. At the time, no team in the history of football had a 15-1 record and didn't win a championship. At the time. The 85 Bears rolled over the Patriots. The 89 uh, 49ers just rolled all over the Broncos like nothing. Like they, they slept walked over that team. 49-59 type point uh, games against the Broncos and Patriots for uh, the Bears and, and, and 49ers. And Vikings didn't even make it, you know. And you get the missed kick. You had uh, the fumble at halftime, right before halftime by Cunningham that set the tone for the Falcons. Changed everything. Kind of similar to the mistake by Monerland and uh, uh, Josh, uh, or Josh Robinson. Kind of similar there. But then the Anderson wide left. I always kept calling it wide right. How stupid. It's wide left. And I should have known that. Of course. It was a direct kick to the left. Just exactly like Blair Walsh's. You had, uh, you had, uh, and I, and I hate rehashing this and wearing you guys out, but just two years later, wow, we didn't have to wait 11 years. We're back. And we got a young quarterback who's, who's the best goal line threat in the history of football. You could get a two point conversion every single time you want one with, with a guy with as much power and athleticism as Dante Culpepper, a goal line threat of legends. And he's a quarterback with a great arm and all that. And you fumble the first kickoff, you know, of course, against the Giants in the Meadowlands. You fumble the first kickoff, 
And you fumble the second kickoff, and it's 14 nothing before you, before the popcorn's even out of the microwave, or the hot dog's off the roller, or the grill, or whatever it is. Before the mustard is even <laughs> before the mustard is even thawed out of the freezer. Okay, you get the idea. It's 14 nothing in New York. Good night. Bullcrap. Then you had to wait nine whole bleeping years, and you had to try to go for the home run play. You didn't have the. You thought you had a long term quarterback in Culpepper. Well, you didn't apparently. Uh, due to injury, and of course, the fact he was so inconsistent, even though when he was good, he was great, um, but not particularly clutch. Uh, you had Favre, the home run pick, a team that was ready, but only with a one-year window. And you had happen what you had happen in the 2009 game. Gut punches, fumbles, and then, of course, the interception was the final play. There were Favre has that on, on his memory, on his eyelids, <laughs> and, so, and so do the rest of Viking fans across the planet after that one. 2012 was nothing, meh, whatever. You, you made the playoffs, it was cool, it was cute, and then, yeah, you know, it was just lame, bummer. But this team, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, showing up to play in a cold environment, it was so cool, I felt so bad for him that the Vikings couldn't get it, couldn't get it done for him. Ultimately, the fumbles and this and that, and then Blair Wallace missing the gimme of his life. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it just seems like, at the end of the day, this team has been stricken with the, with the curse of 1969. I keep calling it that. It all started with losing to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in that Super Bowl. The Vikings favored by 18 points in that game. 18 points in that game. And they end up losing 24-7. to And the 7 part didn't even come until the end of the game and it was already 24 nothing. Kind of similar to the Washington Redskins game way back in 92. But maybe, well, the Vikings scored the seven points at the beginning after an interception touchdown and never scored another point the rest of the way in the Metrodome. It seemed like this all started with that one game. You know, that change, that turn, that moment in history. It all starts. And the quest has continued year in and year out to finally end it. End the drought, end the frustration, end the heartbreak. Right now, you have a franchise in place with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Mike Zimmer as head coach. So many great players on defense <laughs> are in place. <laughs> you know, young and old. Young and old. To challenge this now 46-year-old curse. The question is, will they finally be the ones to end it, or will they ultimately be consumed by it? In time, we'll know for sure. <laughs>